Hello, this is Watching from the Sidelines. I'm your host, Gideon Sutherland, and today we got a slew of sports news. But before we get into that, I'd like to explain the show and what our schedule is going to be looking like. All right, so let's slow down how fast I'm talking because I'm talking slight speed right now. Um, but anyways, this is a new sports show. Uh, I'm your host, Gideon Sutherland, of course, as I already mentioned. Um, but it's going to be airing seven days a week. 30-minute shows will be released every day, just going over the day's biggest news stories, the topics. We might look at a couple of uh, other th- other topics from previous days, but that's going to be mainly the thing. We're mainly going to look at just what happened that day over a 30-minute uh, episode. We might have a top 10 list every couple episodes, but that's not going to be our main priority. Our main priority is going to be going over the news of the day. Um... Then on Saturday, that's going to be our main show. We're going to have a one-hour show released on Saturday, and it's going to be taking a look at the biggest news break breaks throughout the week, and we're going to be getting more in-depth, more focused on each topic. Um, every couple weeks, I might bring in somebody else, a co-host or somebody to interview on those weeks. And on Sundays, I like to call it the Sunday Snippet. Uh, we're going to just do a 15-minute show breaking down small things scores maybe a news uh, break but nothing big um anyway let's get right into it all right so this today at a couple hours ago at th- about two thirty, i'd say adrian wojanowski and if you don't know who he is adrian wojanowski is one of the nba reporters he works for ESPN. He works for the NBA. Um, but he announced that the Washington Wizards general manager, Tommy Shepard, will offer guard Bradley Bill a three-year, $111 million maximum contract. And the first thing that comes to mind is this is a great move by the Washington Wizards. And when I say great, I mean fantastic, fantastic move. By the Washington Wizards, this is the best thing co- they could have done because they they have they can do two things with this extension. All right, so since it's three years, it's not too long, so they it gives them some ways to work it out into their rebuild. And he won't hit free agency, and they lose him for nothing. So if they want to move him and trade him later on, they can. So they can trade him a year down the road or two years down the road. Because uh, remember. Got John Wall's massive deal, which is going to be in effect two to three more years. So his deal will be up around the same time that John Wall's deal is. And as soon as you can get off that John Wall contract, the better. Because as we all know, John Wall tore his Achilles and basically ended his career. Um, <laughs> but that Supermax contract from the get go is a bad idea with John Wall, in my opinion. But we're not getting into that. But this $111 million contract allows some flexibility because they can build around Bradley Beal, who I think is around 26 right now, so he's still fairly young, and he's a good player. He's going to be a good 20 to 25 point per night scorer. He's great offensively, and I think he's pretty decent defensively too. Um, now, this also allows them to trade uh, Bradley Beal. It's a good contract, but it's not too expensive to where it's untradeable. And let's say they want to just go full rebuild with Rio Hachimura and 
gain draft picks and basically do what the OKC Thunder did this past week, they can. They can do that. It's not going to be a problem. It's going to be easy for them to do that. So they can, like, if I'm just going right now, I think possible suitors is like this past week we already see that saw that Miami, the Miami Heat were interested in Bradley Bill, and I think he'd be a great fit for them. He can do because you don't necessarily. I mean, you'd have to trade Goran Dragic in that deal. You'd have to just to get him off the books. But I mean, they could totally run. Bradley Bill at the point because he's a great ball handler and I think he'd do very 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 well there but if you somehow find a way to keep Goran Dragic who if he remembers like an all-star two or three years ago and I mean granted he's not that player anymore but I mean he might he still has fuel in the tank he's still a good player so I'm trying to get at if you have a backcourt of Goran Dragic and Bradley Bill, and you, and I'm assuming you're going to be trading uh, Justice Winslow in this deal for sure, and you're going to be trading Bam Adebayo in probably a first-round pick or so. You're going to have uh, Goran Dragic at the one. You're going to have Bradley Bill at the two and Jimmy Butler at the three, and that's a pretty decent uh, backcourt plus wing and then uh, you can figure out, like, Olenek can run the 4 or the 5. Probably run the 5 in this scenario because you don't have Bam out of bio anymore. And then you also got Tyler Hero, which they might, instead of trying to get Bam, they might try and get Justice Winslow and Tyler Hero because Tyler Hero can fill that shooting guard spot that Bradley Bill left. And if you remember, Tyler Hero is tall enough to... Uh, play the play the three. He can play small forward. So, and I mean, it's not height isn't a big as big of a deal in today's NBA, but it's it's still pretty big deal. All right, so that's a possible trade scenario. So maybe they don't even want Bam. They just want Tyler Hero. They want Justice Winslow. They figure out the cap, and then you have the Miami Heat, who have a good young piece in uh, Bradley Beal. Then you have good proven veteran who I think is a top 15 player in the league league in Jimmy Butler and I don't get I love Jimmy Butler and I really thought he was going to go to Houston um I would love to see him in Houston um don't get me wrong I think he's going to be great with Miami Heat he's a great player he's a great fit and that team as it is is probably I would say uh seven to Seven to six seed in the East right now. I mean, they're not, they're not top class. They're not Milwaukee Bucks or Philly. But if you add, if you add Bradley Beal, I, I, I could see them there. That's a good dynamic duo between Bradley Beal and Jimmy Butler. And I mean, from what Adrian Wojnarowski is saying, it sounds like the Wizards want to keep them and want to build around them, but. Bradley Beal could be this year's Anthony Davis, and the previous year, uh, he, who, who was it? Kawhi Leonard. He could force him way out through trade, maybe by the trade deadline, and this contract makes it possible. It's not too much. It's not too little. It's just the right amount, in my opinion. It's perfect. And uh, via Shepard's uh, comments, at the very first moment of life, we're going to 
offer Brad the full max extension. Now, does that mean he takes it? No, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he wants to enter free agency. Do I think that's a good move? No, I think he's actually somehow gets more leverage if he signs because Washington's not a bad place. I mean, Washington's great. And he can have a full young core built around him. He would be their star no matter what. And then a couple years, once you get the John Wall contract off the books, you'll have cap flexibility. Rui Hachimura, I think, is going to be excellent. I thought he was the best player of Gonzaga. Other people disagree, but I think he was great. And then, of course, if stuff doesn't go well, he can exercise his will and force his way out. It's that easy nowadays in the NBA. The NBA players have so much power. It is crazy. It, it it's He will be fine where he's at, and this extension is a smart move by Washington. It's a good decision for Bradley Bill to sign. It, it bodes well for Miami because that would allow them because it's not too big of a contract. It's not, it's not a Chris Paul contract, because Chris Paul has three years, $120 million on his deal left. My, I know, because my Houston Rockets gave it to him. And at the time, I didn't think it was a bad move. After this year, I thought it was a terrible move. Um, but anyways, I think this just, it, it's less than his deal, and he's a better player than Chris Paul, in my opinion. No, he is not a point guard. He is not a floor general, but he he is a great shooting guard, and I think he would fit great with Miami core. And just think of Bradley Beal. Just think of Bradley Beal in a Miami Vice uniform. That would look so good. He looks so good. Jim, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler is already going to look great in it. Both of them. It's just going to make the Miami Vice uniform so much better, so much better. Um, But on to other news of the day. Um, Fundamental move. That's, that's the title that ESPN gave this, and I think it is a great move by the Spurs. The Spurs are so smart in this. I th- they, uh, before I say, get into the details, um, let me just read you the title that ESPN gave it. Fundamental move. Duncan joins the Spurs staff. Tim Duncan is back with the San Antonio Spurs, this time as an assistant coach. Tim Duncan is the perfect NBA coach, in my opinion. I think he will be a great coach. He was an amazing player. Mr. Fundamental. Mr. Fundamental will bring that to his players. And the Spurs organization is basically that he will fit perfectly in their coaching staff and could be the potential heir to Greg Popovich. And I, I mean, Greg is a great coach. He's probably the one of the greatest coaches ever. I don't know how many years he's got left in him. I really don't. I, after his wife died a season ago, and after he's just getting up there in age, I think Greg will probably retire soon and will probably leave a lot of people in shock, but I think that would be the right move for him. He has won so much, and he's been such a great coach. He's been so great for them. And over over these next few years, if he trains Tim Duncan, and he works with him and really teaches him the ropes of being a coach, I think Tim Duncan could be an amazing coach. He will work those Spurs players. He'll get them back to where they were in 2014 and 2013 and in the early uh, 2000s. They will be an amazing team again. And when you're looking at the landscape of the NBA right now, 
people love to put Spurs in the playoffs. I just don't know that they're going to make it. I don't know that they're good enough that, I mean, they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But the West is amazing. It is so stacked. You have Houston. You have L.A. You have the Clippers. You have Utah. You have Golden State. You have New Orleans. You have the Spurs. You have, let's see, who made the playoffs last year? So you got uh, Houston, L.A., the Clippers. Uh, neither the L.A. Yeah, L.A. Clippers made it. Um, Golden State made it, of course. The Blazers. Blazers great. I actually, I think the Blazers are going to be a better team. And when you have Hassan Whiteside coming off your bench, even though I he hasn't, he's no starter level, but he is a great bench asset. He's an overpriced bench asset, but he is great. He is going to be amazing for the Portland Trailblazers. And the New Orleans Pelicans with their young core, I think they could make a lot of noise. Have you, did you see Jackson Hayes in the summer league? He is going to be great. But when you look at this from a long-term standpoint, Tim Duncan, being the potential head coach, uh, in a few years, all the contracts in the West are going to be up. There's going to be a whole other league re-scramble in just a few years because when Kawhi signed his three-year deal, and that's all Paul George has left on his, and then... LeBron's is going to be up, but he has like a, I don't know, I think it's a player option, so I th- I bet he'll resign unless he retires, of course, because LeBron's getting up there in age, he'll be 30, be 37 when that, that rolls around. You're going to have this huge re-scrambling, and by that time, who knows, Greg Popovich might retire, and I think Tim Duncan might step into that role of head coach, and now will he be ready? I don't know. It's looking way too far in the future to guess. Like we nobody guessed how this off se- nobody could have guessed how this off season would have turned out three to four years ago, and I'm not going to be able to guess how next off season is going to turn out three to four years in the future. But let me tell you, this is a great all time move by the Spurs. The Spurs getting Duncan on their coaching staff, bringing a legend, a Spurs legend, back into the mix really helps. And I think, all right. I, I see the Spurs right now as an eighth seed. They're gonna be my eighth seed for right now, and I think. And don't don't tell me that that's disrespectful because it's not. I mean, Dejounte Murray, Derek White, two great point guards, but they're not top tier point guards. They're gonna bring defense every night. Uh, I don't really know who they're gonna have running shooting guard because Demar Derozan is obviously gonna be running small forward because they don't they need help there, and then you're gonna have. Uh, Rudy Gay running power forward and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge running center. That, uh, that's probably the best lineup they can put out right now. And I don't know. It's it's hard. There's so many good teams. And Sacramento's on the rise up. There's so many good teams in the West. There's so many. But in the future, this Tim Duncan, getting him on the as a coach, as an assistant coach, he'll be working with LaMarcus Aldridge. He'll be working... Potentially with Rudy Gay. This is a great move. And he's going to really, really make, elevate those players. And LaMarcus Aldridge was already an all-star last year. Uh, I mean, did he actually deserve it over some people, some of the people who got snubbed? No. Uh, don't even get me started. Uh, like, well, I guess he was in Philly. So No, no, not with how they do it now. Yeah, no. LaMarcus Aldridge didn't deserve to be in over Tobias Harris. I'm just going to say it outright. No, Tobias Harris should have been in the All-Star game. But, but, 
this could make this sign. Uh, Tim Duncan being an assistant coach could really help out and could potentially push LaMarcus over Aldridge over the hedge. Um, so, like, if I'm looking at a seating from this year, I'm going to put Clippers 1, Rockets 2, Lakers 3. Then I got uh, Utah 4 for sure. Now, 5, uh, I'm probably 5's Blazers for me. And then 6, it's Golden State. Golden State, uh, hmm, man, it's, it's hard because the West is just so, 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 so good. And, I mean, it's wide open. I think an array, an array of teams could be number one. Doesn't mean they will, but means they could. Um, so when looking at the standings, I got them right here. Uh, when you look at conference, oh Denver, I completely forgot about Denver. Please forgive me, Denver. Please, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. Um, so yeah, you got Golden State, Denver, Portland, Houston, Utah. Um, I think OKC could even be in the mix if they keep Chris Paul, Chris Paul, Stephen Adams, and Danilo Gallinari. I mean. Come on, that's a better team than the L.A. Clippers were last year. And the L.A. Clippers made the playoffs. Uh, you got Sacramento, who the young core is going to be even better. And I think Marvin Bagley will have an amazing moment. I think he'll be great. I think he could even win most improved player. I mean, he averaged 14 points a game. He was not bad, but he came off the bench. Um, Lakers, of course. And then you have the Spurs. So I'm going to slot them in around 8, 7 seeds. So like 1, it's the Clippers. 2, Houston. 3, I'm going to have the LA Lakers. 4, uh, Utah. 5, the Portland Trail Blazers. 6, I'm going to have... Actually, no, I'm going to... Golden State. No, I forgot. Gold. 6, I'm going to have Golden State. Seven is the Spurs, and eight is either Sacramento for me, OKC, or New Orleans, because New Orleans, I think, is going to be amazing. And I think that that's just this year, but, like, Tim Duncan's going to make a big difference in a couple of years. I think he could be the next good player, a former player, became a coach. I think he will be outstanding, but it's not going to necessarily show in the playoff hunt this year, and nobody can blame Tim Duncan, nobody can blame Gary Popovich, they're just not as talented as they were. They're still extremely talented. Don't get me wrong. DeMar DeRozan is a great player. Wrong era, great player. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, great player. Not astounding, but great. He's good. He's an all-star caliber player. Not over Tobias Harris, in my opinion, but he's good. I think Tim Duncan will help be able to improve their forwards and their center, especially LaMarcus Aldridge. I think if LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge will be able to learn a thing or two from him. Now, I will say, I will say, this Spurs team could easily challenge the Rockets for the division. I think there's this, the West could be so surprising, and I think Tim Duncan can have something to do with that. What he brings to the table, Mr. Fundamental, is ginormous. So, so watch out for the Spurs. Don't be weary of them. I think I'm being weary as I'm being weary of them right now, but 
this this move from Tim Duncan being a spur, this is really good for them in the future and could have major benefits now, especially with LaMarcus Aldridge. And I think they could be a very uh, very scary eighth or seventh seed. I, I just I don't necessarily see them being higher than that. Oh, and I, and my I totally forgot about Denver when I was listing out my stand my standings for next year. Man, well that's okay. It doesn't matter. Denver is I think going to be a, actually so replace Golden State at the sixth seed with Denver. I think they're going to be still stacked, but I don't think they're on caliber necessarily with those other teams. And then you have Golden State at 7 and Spurs at 8. Yeah. And then you'll have a three-way, like, almost tie for the ninth seed because I think those teams are just so good. But anyways, let's get into the next topic. So today I saw this, and I thought it was crazy. It was ridiculous. Odell Beckham Jr. revealed in a new GQ cover story that he felt disrespected by the New York Giants when he was traded to Cleveland earlier this offseason and that things got so bad at times the past few years that he had contemplated stepping away from the game. Alright, that is crazy. I'm telling you, that is crazy. OBJ stepping away from this game. OBJ is great. He's a great receiver. It's probably about four, the fourth best receiver in the league. My top five, for sure, in the books for me. Michael Thomas and OBG are pretty close in skill, in my opinion. But him stepping away from the game because he got, because of the stuff that's happened over the past few years, and because he got traded, and he shouldn't feel disrespected that he got traded to the Browns. They put him in a better situation than in what he was in already. If anything, him getting traded to the Bounds is a good thing. I mean, the Giants made a lot of mistakes this offseason. If anything, them trading OBJ just shows how stupid they are. And he shouldn't feel disrespected by by some organization being stupid. He should feel like, wow, they actually care about me. Wow, they're stupid enough to trade me. Wow. Because um, he knows he's good. He, he knows he's good. And getting traded doesn't mean you're bad and half the time it means you're good um I will say though that the Browns I feel like they're gonna be great this season and just think if OBJ Odell Beckham Jr. got stepped away from the table the game retired just think of how crazy that would be all the highlights gone gone no highlights for the past couple years from them. The Giants would be even in a worse position they are now because they got Jabril Peppers back. They got a couple picks for OBJ. No OBJ means no Jabril Peppers, no picks, no rebuilding stage because, oh my goodness, they're about to go into a long rebuilding stage. I feel like, I truly feel like they could be the NFL's next Browns. They could be the next team to go in 16 because they look awful. And you select Daniel Jones at 6. That is crazy. Whatever they're doing in New York, they need to figure out. Both teams, both teams in New York need to figure out what the heck they're doing. I think the Jets have a, a cleaner path and like actually actually know what they're doing, but like Giants, come on Giants. Giants, what are you doing? What are you doing, Giants? Anyways, I will say I I don't I think this is an overreaction by OBJ. Nothing got really that bad, but I mean, I'm not him. He could be speaking truth. 
I mean, it, it, his experience. I, I mean, I'm just shedding some. I, I'm just like, but the Cleveland Browns. I feel like they're gonna be amazing. How can you feel disrespected? They put you in a better situation. Like, come on. How's that disrespect? That is utmost respect. They put you in a good situation because of all you've done for them. They, you created one of the greatest highlight reels for them in ever. Like the one-handed catch over Dallas. That was great. Don't don't feel don't feel disrespected. Don't mold retirement because you got traded because your team went like had one win this that last season had six wins this season. They suck and they traded you in a better situation. You got traded to a team with a better record and a team that got better players this year. They got some fantastic players in the draft. They got some fantastic pickups. Now, it would have been even crazier if they got an Earl Thomas. Man, Baltimore, why do you got to do this? But that that's a whole different story. But anyways, come on, OBJ. You, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, but in other news, we're going to look at the MLB real quick for the last five minutes of our show. And we're, I'm, I'm just going to give a quick talk about the standings because, man, things are close. Things are crazy in MLB right now. Um... But anyways, the National League, I I hear all this crap about the Phillies in the National League. It, it's crazy. I think the Phillies could easily, easily win. I mean, I, they're seven and a half games behind Atlanta. Atlanta's being, like, winning games out of their mind. And I think, ultimately, Atlanta's probably going to win. Chicago, probably going to win. The L.A., probably, there's, like, almost no chance, in my opinion, that they lose this division. But then you go up and you look at the American League, the American League East, the American League East, 64-34 New York Yankees, 57-45 Tampa Bay Rays, 54-46 Boston Red Sox. That is a tight race, and I know it doesn't sound like it because the Boston's 11 games back, but all three of those teams are World Series champion caliber teams. I'm telling you right now, they are. Um... In, in the Central, Miami, I mean, not Miami, Miami's in the NL. Minnesota and Cleveland are three games apart. Three games. Both are great. I think Cleveland's going to be selling at this trade deadline. Not buying. Definitely, definitely not buying. Minnesota should keep what they got. Maybe even try and pick up an asset from Cleveland. Because um, pitching, pitching needs some help. Um, their offense is great, but pitching needs some help. Um, and, and then and then you got the ALS. And you're like, well, Astros are definitely going to win that division. Well, a- the Oakland A's are only six and a half games back. If Astros don't pick up the pace, go Astros. I'm an Astros fan. If the Astros don't pick up the pace, they're not going to win. And I mean, Altuve's been hitting out of his mind but since he's come back. And Springer hasn't been half bad himself. But... But, it's a big but, they gotta continue, their pitching needs to get under control. Verlander has launched so many balls, and pitched so many balls that have become home runs. It's crazy. His home runs through this year, I'm gonna check real quick, because it's gonna be ridiculous, I'm telling you right now. Uh, He has, Justin Verlander, has let's look at his stats. 
he has he has a 12 and 4 record which is pretty great 2.99 ERA um he has 172 strikeouts but if i look at this i'm trying to find it uh stats here bro Nah, they're not showing me what I want. No, it's fine. Uh, but he, I'm gonna tell you right now. I've been watching Verlander. I've been watching Eric Cole. They have been pitching out of their minds, but giving up home runs. And when our offense can't score, even though it's an amazing offense, it leads to some issues. And that needs to change if we're gonna win our division. And Ultimately, I think the Astros are going to be just fine. I think they're going to get over 100 wins. They're going to win the division with some hiccups, but pretty much fully ease. I think Yankees are going to win their division. Tampa's going to get the Tampa Bay is going to get the wild card, and I think maybe the Cleveland depends depends. I think Cleveland or Minnesota could win, and I think they'll get the wild card, but it will be tight between Boston. Cleveland or Minnesota and the A's because the A's are lining it up second half of the season. I think they, they started off great. Um, but <laughs> just looking at the time right now, it is almost, we're almost 30 minutes into this. So I'm going to close out. Thank you for watching, watching from the sidelines. I'm your host, Gideon Sutherland. Have a great rest of your day, night, or morning. Goodbye.